1: If you wish to attract higher levels of good health, personal and interpersonal relationships and a deeper connection with spirit, you've tuned in at the right time and to the right place. This is Awakened Hearts with Rebecca and Boyd Campbell. In our program, we'll provide intuitive readings, insight and guidance to help you connect with spirit and experience more from life. Now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Boyd Campbell. Welcome, everyone. We are
2: thrilled that you have joined us here today. We are your hosts, Rebecca Campbell
3: and Boyd Campbell.
2: And you are listening to Awakened Hearts on the 7th Wave channel of Voice America Talk Radio. You can contact us by email, hello at sundrahealing.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn, add us on Google Plus, and of course, visit our website, sundrahealing.com. Today, we have Neil Kramer. With us. And Neil is a philosopher and an esotericist, and his work focuses on spirituality, mysticism, and metaphysics. And today, our topic is truth. Uh, truthfulness is a spiritual art, it's a discipline that compels personal transformation. These are Neil's words here, all of this. And truth destroys the world you used to live in. I love that. Uh, welcome, Neil.
4: Well, hello. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me on your show.
2: Yeah, it's our pleasure. Uh, Neil, I just wanted to touch base quickly for the listeners. What's the best way for them to connect with you?
4: Through the website, neilkramer.com, uh, Kramer with a K, uh, N-E-I-L-K-R-A-M-E-R. Look at all the materials and ideas and concepts and whatnot. So it's nice and easy, neilkramer.com. Everything is there. Perfect.
2: All right, so there is literally so many questions that we could ask you. <laughs> we've, sure. We've watched, yeah, we've watched so much um, of your material, and uh, I guess maybe where we'll start today uh, on your website, you mention it says on there philosophy for living, and perhaps you could tell us a little bit of about what that means.
4: Sure. Uh, Philosophy for living is a term that I use to indicate a very experiential kind of uh, philosophical practice. It's um, a way of being, a way of thinking, a way of feeling that is based on um, truthfulness and strength and lucidity. So we'll, we'll come to all the different aspects of truthfulness later things, those things, truth, strength, uh, lucidity, things in my view that are almost entirely ignored in mainstream uh, spirituality and new age and pop culture and whatnot. Um, And I think that those um, subjects are very misunderstood and not quite given the attention that is helpful, really. So I focus on those things, which we'll come to. And The word philosophy, again, is another funny word, and I don't mean philosophy in the sort of dry academic sense, uh, you know, where it's just mental whirring and cogitation and, you know, adroit sort of arguments and so on. I mean philosophy in the classical, um, more authentic sense of the word, which is the love of wisdom. So philo, love, and sophia, wisdom. So philosophia is someone who loves wisdom. Um, and I think that's a, a very broad and happy sort of engagement for all of us. And probably you guys and everyone who listens to the show and all the guests on the show, we all share that philosophical impulse to know the nature of reality. So mm-hmm, my practice yes. is is very much experiential in that it's, it's a way of, as I say, not just thinking, but a way of being and feeling. So those things are given great primacy in my system of working and spiritual uh, illumination so thought is like a great trick it's a great thing somebody can do it's it's like the computer and it's an ingenious bit of hardware that we've got a very wonderful process that we're capable of but the the being which is how you propel your own presence into the world at large and its texture and its tone those things are more important than the thinking and similarly feeling which i would say most people have no idea what that is and how to do that and it's given very much a back seat is really the primary method in my system of knowing things so to feel a thing is to know it and to fully know what something is you have to become it so there's this great sort of ultra profound empathic method which is where one entity merges with another and it it could be a book a tree a dog a person a cloud a cupboard you know (laughs) it could be anything Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to turn self down to a very very high degree to know something just as if you were to sit in a quiet landscape as i did yesterday and watch the sun go down if self is too noisy whether you open your mouth or not, then you can't really see it. So just like in certain Western and Eastern practices of getting self to be far more fluid and quiet and in a better space of equilibrium, your engagement with reality then is amplified and deepened. So it's not like this ego death, you know, where the person becomes this sort of empty, boring shell. It's rather... (laughs) gaining the volume dial on self whereas you know if i'm going to do a seminar or teach a a class of people i want to entertain them as well as educate them so i want to turn self up and have it a little more colorful and different kinds of um you know cadences to that but when i'm on my own and when i'm trying to penetrate the mysteries and the enigmas of reality I want to turn that self right down, right down from nine, eight, seven, right down one, zero, as low as I can get it. And then I begin to merge with what is around me and it flows through me. So the philosophy for living that I teach to individuals and groups is geared towards that control. So it's not a binary on and off thing. It's having that, you know, like on the stereos when, um, uh, when I was a kid, I don't know how old you guys are, but, you know, they had a the great big silver analog volume dial, you know, a b- big old beautiful dial with amber mm-hmm. illuminated numbers, you know, and you could turn that and get all these little wonderful gradations of volume and gain and control and bass and all this kind of stuff. And that's, that's what it's really trying to do. It's trying to give people a level of mastery over their own presence. That's pretty powerful mm. stuff.
2: It is very powerful. Now, I just wanted to ask you, you were talking about the new kind of association with oneself and you've mentioned before um, one's soul projection and the solar gateway. And I was wondering if you could expand on what you mean by that.
4: <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> straight to the heart of things. Now, <laughs> me. No leading. Let's just go right to it. Shall we? <laughs> <laughs> so we come into hermetic philosophy here which which again we'll touch on because this is related to that um in my hermetic i had i was quote trained in hermetic philosophy and practice as a young man roundabout from the ages of let's say 22 to 32 something like that with two different kind of schools and it, it's uh, commonplace, not to go into tremendous detail about that, not because it's secret, just because it's kind of uh, private, which is, is a distinct difference. And traditionally, you know, in the very, very old days, the um, the Roman Church would come and kill everybody who was anything to do with hermetic practice. So you know, there was originally a very good reason for that kind of clandestine operation. But in in the schools that I was in. They taught many astounding things, which which we'll we'll come to perhaps in the second segment, but one of them was that a far more uh, truthful and beautiful formulation of identity is to consider oneself not just as the person, like Rebecca Boyd, uh, Rebecca Boyd, Rebecca Campbell, Boyd Campbell, Neil Kramer, not as the person, but that as an experience, the name of something we are doing, so... Neil Kramer is is the canvas upon which the painter is painting, and it's very finite, and one cannot help but become very attached to it, but it's very finite. So the soul projection and the soul element starts to form a a better association to say, self, you, the listener, us, the hosts and guests and whatnot, self is just a kind of reflection of something. It's a a witnessing process, which is very awesome and deep and profound in in and of itself, but is essentially illusory. And it is what we can call soul that has the primary experience. So straight away, you say, okay, a better sense of identity, self as the witness, soul as the creator. And then we add this other element, which you mentioned, Rebecca, which is solar, S-O-L-A-R, or sun, S-U-N. That's the third element of identity. So you've got self, soul, and solar, or sun. And the sun is the thing that actually makes it. The sun is the reality projector. So the sun isn't just this lovely big orange-yellow ball thing in the sky that heats everything up and keeps us nice and warm and helps everything grow and develop and mature and ripen. It's not just that that's actually quite a a base reflection of its greatness. Its true power is in its ability to shape this world, and I would say not just shape it, but actually create it. If you turn that off as if it were a light switch, then this would Mm. cease to be. I don't mean it would go dark. I mean it would cease to be. And so there is a very esoteric and, you know, admittedly provocative controversial view of the sun in certain hermetic schools which is that the sun is the great divine agency that makes this world moment by moment by moment it's the ultimate dreamer so how is this dream kept so consistent because the sun holds the dream together moment by moment and soul our individual souls rebecca's souls boyd's soul neil's soul and everyone else's We can all feed into that and say, make this, destroy that, change this, make that smoother, make that harder, whatever. Self can do nothing but witness the results of all of this. So self is powerless in one sense, but we often hear people say, we're the creators, we're the co-creators, and this and that and the other. So those things are all true and all not true, depending on which point of those, that trinity we're looking at. Self as the witness, soul as the architect, and sun as the creator. Only sun can create, only. But soul can ask it, can submit its proposal, if you, if you want to think of it that way. So when we talk about self, soul, and solar, you're shifting the emphasis from this particulate sort of point of identity to this trinity, this line. And as you move about the earth you start to see these amazing things, which is starts off with synchronicity and fortune, different kinds of wonderful fortunes that come. I don't mean money. I mean happy perspicacity and serendipity and whatnot. And then it starts to be more magical, so you can drive it with will. And then the will brings change to the world, and that's where soul becomes active. And the the wonderful thing about this system is it won't allow anything new to be created unless self has a wonderful relationship with soul, and the only way that can happen is by having a great, strong person who is moral and fine and excellent and warm and loving and has a level of purity, not to perfection like a sort of you know quaker or something, but um, beyond the threshold of excellence, where most things that they do are good, and there is a goodness. And in hermetism, goodness is always with a capital G, which denotes divinity. So there's a goodness that can flow through them. And it could be anybody, absolutely anybody. You don't need to be particularly clever. You just need to be good. And when you have that, soul can come in to that pure vessel and begin to formulate a relationship and say, hi, you know, I'm the real you. I'm the place you go back to every night when you dream. I'm the thing that brought you here and I'm the thing that will receive you in total joy when the illusion of death is realized and that great new enigmatic adventure begins. So um, I could talk for like nine hours on that one, Rebecca, but that's the short <laughs> version.
2: That's perfect. That that explained things very well. And uh, yeah, quite a few epiphany moments for me in my own mind as you were talking. Absolutely. There. Yeah. Mm. We're going to take this opportunity to go to a break Uh, So we will see everybody on the other side of two
5: minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
1: Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at SundraHealing.com. Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of SunderHealing.com and register today.
5: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Awakened Hearts. To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are delighted to have Neil Kramer here with
2: us today, and we are talking about truth. Truth. Now, before the break, Neil, uh, in answer to one of my other questions, you brought up uh, hermetism, and I wondered if you could share a little bit more about that so our listeners will understand exactly sure. what you are referring to.
4: Sure, I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, hermetism is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's it's by no means the thing I use to define my spirituality. I very much enjoy creating my own metaphysical methods and concepts and whatnot but hermetic philosophy and practice just works so well it's so strong and clean in its demands of the student that it just works and and it appealed to me 20 years ago at at 23 and it it does today at 43 it just works it makes people better frankly (laughs) so Mm someone said why should I take a look It it will make you better truer warmer more authentic and open and uh, disciplined, more loving. It just does. Um, So historically speaking, technically speaking, if if you might say, hermetism is a, a mystical way of thinking. Mystic just means initiated. So it's a way for initiates to think and behave. And it derives from ancient Greece and Egypt and the sort of geographical regions around those places, which all have very rather different names now. And the hermetic philosophies, which, you know, despite their efficacy, are also very enigmatic. These deep um, spiritual concepts come from this mysterious figure called Hermes Trismegistus. Very interesting name, Hermes, the Thrice Great. And let us just say, again, for the sake of brevity, that he was a sage, S-A-G-E, a a man of great wisdom, uh, power, experience, and someone who embodied a sort of sacred knowledge from a prior age. So we've had lots of these avatars come and go, haven't we? We could name half a dozen of them very quickly and perhaps a few Mm -hmm. other dozen if we thought about it. But he came from another time and he lived to be very, very old and he shared stuff with us. And he came from an age of heightened spiritual grace and of, I would say, advanced inner technology. And Hermes knew... That from time to time, as the Earth goes through its various phases of creation and destruction of burning and flooding, through uh, you know different cycles of, of refinement and elegance of falsehood and decadence, certain self-guided men and women would need to tread upon their own path of wisdom and truth and stand against. The prevailing mainstream corruption and ignorance. And, and those special men and women would serve as kind of beacons for others who wanted a different way of personal being and a different kind of conscious community. And so the hermetic warriors, because that is what they are, had this incredible self-discipline and deep, deep humanity that puts much of the puny pop spirituality of today to total shame. And what the hermetic students and teachers and practitioners had was this power of controlling themselves, the ability to hold themselves um, utterly accountable for everything that occurred to them throughout their life, good and bad, harmonious, disharmonious, the lovely agreeable things, the terrible, horrid things, whatever. And so it was that they they taught this principle of embodiment. So if somebody said, what was the one of the great you know wonderful things then of these hermetic uh, practitioners it was embodiment without embodiment all spiritual knowledge and western and eastern practices and astrological cosmologies and alternative metaphysical mindscapes whatever they're all totally meaningless totally meaningless whereas once one embodies a thing you start to become it you start to walk it and bleed it as i like to say if someone doesn't bleed it i don't believe them Hmm. it becomes unquestionable then your embodiment of your way and it's in your sweat and tears it's in muscle and bone it's warm it's hard it's tender it's in rage it's in peace inside and out then spirit is felt then we really truly become something so i, I would say that we would do well just on a general note to look for embodiment in our teachers i i demand it in mine if someone doesn't have it I, I don't tend to take them very seriously. If someone isn't mm-hmm, cle- sure. clearly embodying, you know, whatever, in body, mind, heart, will, words, motion, I don't believe them. I think they're watching spirituality, not doing it. So there's a lot of people watching spirituality, but not really doing it, you know, not really. So without that embodiment, it's all just words, it's just stuff, just adages and axioms that people repeat. And really, they're not terrible people. They're just escapists seeking yeah. sanctuary. You must come across these people. I do, yeah. too. Yeah, I think
3: mm-hmm. like they all wear masks, masks yeah. one, and one sort or the other.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's right. And we come across some wonderful people and highly inspirational, real, authentic men and women. Of course, that's wonderful. Yes. But there's a lot of escapists out there, and that's that's the type I'm talking about. So when I first went to a what in England they used to call it a mind-body-spirit expo in the early 90s, it was just bloody awful it was horrible thousands of people wandering around talking about vaguely spiritual things but with no embodiment i didn't have the language at the time to think about that but i could feel it maybe one in a thousand people (laughs) who were sort of palpably doing something real and then in recent times attending you know a very similar sort of event myself just a few years ago in san francisco same thing thousands of people saying stuff doing mechanical practices dutifully with great intent talking about exotic and uplifting things but with zero embodiment in their actual full spectrum expression of life so they'll they'll say this spiritual thing and speak of this divine technique or whatever but then personally in themselves they demonstrate to me what is only selfishness and conceit and neurosis Mm. and pretense and all such weaknesses that you know tend to distort someone over time so hermetism cleans that out of a person it's, it illuminates them by saying hey look at this and you're like oh my gosh i don't want to see that i don't want to see it look at this and the younger you get to such a wonderful self-determining person the better ideally about 14 to 21 somewhere in there depends on the maturity of the person of course but if they're too old and in bad habits forget it i mean it's never too late it's never ever too late but boy oh boy what a lot of work it (laughs) is if somebody's got those bad habits ingrained you know so so yeah that's right that's right how how quaintly put yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, and one final point on the the hermetic path because again we could talk about this for a long time but the, the things that pop out for me number one embodiment number two it's very individualistic It focuses almost entirely on the singular path of the individual. There's no collectivist ethos of any kind, which is totally opposed to the very, very rancid collectivism of mainstream society today, in my view. So I love it, especially because it promotes this fierce and beautiful individualism, the one unique path to divine humanity that each of us, have already within ourselves. We just sometimes need help and guidance and encouragement with the confidence and skill to to wield it, you know, to harness it. So hermetic philosophy and practice definitely shaped my early path from, say, 22 to 32, something like that. And I have since gone on, as is often encouraged, to formulate my own system and method and ideas. So again, as an individualistic spiritual way, the pathways I propose to people are always very personal to the individual. Their tones and symbols and powers and aspirations are very, very customized, you know. So whilst we we certainly share structural, uh, foundational disciplines and ideas, the individuals are always first, and they're expected to craft their own skills and doctrines, their own refinements and wisdom. So when you put those two things together... Individualism and embodiment as a spiritual way—it's pretty bulletproof in terms of it making better men and women. Because you can't Mm -hmm. deceive yourself or anyone else very long with this stuff. It—it really is very sincere path, which appeals greatly to me. Wow,
3: that's very pure and very empowering for the individual. Going down that.
4: Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow.
2: Hmm. Yes, we're going to take this moment to take a break because I'm sure as we delve into the, uh, more questions, we're going we're to have some great length to go to here. So, so we will pause now. I just want to mention for all of our listeners to remember that uh, September 17th, we have our Crystal Healing Level 1 class. And September 24th, we have Learning to See and Feel Auras Level 1. And we have the Kids Reiki Level 1 for the ages 4 and 5 year olds. So keep that in mind, and we will see you on the other side in two minutes.
5: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24 7.
1: Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at SundraHealing.com, Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of SunderHealing.com and register today.
5: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Awakened Hearts. To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today with Neil
2: Kramer, and we are talking about Truth.
3: Yes, i got got um, a couple questions, three parts here, and you can answer them whichever order you want. Um, you were talking a little bit earlier uh, in, in this previous segment, and you were talking about inner technology and symbols for personal symbols, um, and also I would like to know what you mean by what is truth. If you could elaborate on those in whichever order you want.
4: Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, thank you. Great questions. What a joy it is to talk about these things. Thank you. I would say, truth, let's start with that because the other things come from that. I would say that truth is best thought of as an emanation. E-M-A-N-A-T-I-O-N. Emanation. Let us say that it is an emanation from something transcendental. That is something bigger and dimensionally far smarter than us. To put it very simply, which I don't mind saying this, a ray of divinity. So Mm -hmm. truth as a ray of the divine, a radiation of purity, of actuality. And that being, that ray, is both energetic and pure and formless. And then also, further from its source, it becomes physical and imperfect. And we might even say contaminated. And so truthfulness... The practice of truthfulness is one's ability to reach upwards within that emanation to get to the purer and purer levels of that reality. And each ray of divinity creates a different piece of the world. Um, it is, let's say, elemental primarily. We could still it distill it down to fire, water, air, earth, and every formulation of reality structure can be obtained from that. All animals, plants everything in the 3D, 5D, all the minerals, or everything in the 6D and 7D, or in hermetic terms, you'd you'd call that the physical, the ethereal, the astral, the mental, and the spiritual planes. The bigger, wider kingdoms of nature, all natural, by the way, all totally natural, just mostly unmapped, as of yet, in mainstream thinking. In esoteric studies, we have some maps and some guides that are privately circulated, but they too are, Sort of very mysterious, due to their radical departure from accepted contemporary science and biology and whatnot and anthropology but that's that 's another matter but truth truth on a daily level here 's a way of thinking about it it's super simply, but it 's challenging this. Are we doing the things we actually want to do? I mean really deep inside i don 't mean what we 're prepared to put up with I mean really, <laughs> physically. And emotionally and intellectually achieving the most important things for ourselves. Are we living authentically in our expression externally of life? And you can, ask, you can easily determine that when, think about your home, think about your work, think about your intimate relationships. Do they genuinely fulfill you at the core internal level or not? And I would propose that for most people, the answer is no. They might tell themselves, you know, for a long time that everything's fine. But really, when push comes to shove, they're not. They are settling for something that isn't right. They're not quite living the truth yet. So truth is very much not just this distant, abstract concept, but it's very much physically demonstrated in circumstances. Uh, You know, not whether you're rich or poor or wearing $30 shoes or $300 shoes or you're driving a, an Aston Martin or a Toyota. You know, I don't mean those things. They're insignificant. Instead, I mean, of course, our circumstances with your home life, with what goes on in the home. It's feeling, it's beauty, it's harmony, it's disharmony, it's fractures, it's wholeness. The nature of the work that you do, both, you know, personally, professionally, commercially, privately, whatever. The things we do and, and the depth And vitality of our relationships so as we said earlier you can't deceive yourself or others with those things for very long we all know inside whether those things are excellent or not so you know for me I think my home and work and relationships are are good they still need work they still require thought and honesty to make them proper reflections of my being and purpose and joy but they're good And that's quite rare. I know maybe 20 people out of a couple of thousand who can say that. And again, it's not good fortune or happenstance. It it is the crafting and sacrifice and brutal honesty of truth. So we say, you you quoted Rebecca, truth destroys the world you used to live in. That's the first stage. It does. I use this phrase, if someone's house hasn't burned down, I don't believe them. I don't believe their (laughs) spiritual path. I need to see that burn down. So, you know, as I say, mm-hmm. it's not just yes. a big thing. It's something very personal. You know, don't be with people who are a bad match for you. Don't do work that is stupid for you. Don't live somewhere that isn't harmonious for you. We always have the world-shaping power, self, soul, solar, of choice to choose things differently, to do Nothing, though, which is what most people do is to really, you know, abdicate our responsibility to strengthen and refine ourselves just to improve, to be better, more honest, more joyful in humor and love. You know, these things never need to be austere, horrid things. They shouldn't. It shouldn't be a life of constant suffering and pressure. Discipline on this path is your friend. It should be a journey filled with fascination and delight you know, to work on yourselves is a great, great experiment, like a, a new canvas with ultimate freedom to paint whatever you wish. To not do that is to walk a descendant path that can ultimately lead to soul destruction, if, if you can't think of anything more frightening than that. To drift mm-hmm. too far from your own self-imposed stuff is you know, to to move far away from the divine emanation, to descend, to decay. So the whole principle of truthfulness and truth, so central to, to my philosophy for living, for a start, the things that I teach to individuals, that truthfulness is strong, human, beautiful, deep, and totally natural path of ascendancy. And so the inner technologies that I speak of are those things. Beauty is an inner technology almost entirely ignored in most spiritual paths. People just pay lip service to it. But beauty in being and beauty in form is part of the spiritual way. And gladly, there's one great uh, colleague of mine who is who is going to be putting on a, an event, hopefully, about that very thing, about fantastic relationship between art and spirit which I have never seen that done satisfactorily, but this woman actually gets it. And I think she's going to do something extraordinary with that. And it sends Mm. a powerful signal then that these things that we just think are nice to have, I mean, not so much you and your audience, but in the mainstream people feel that strength is just, you know, is a nice bonus and beauty is a bonus and, you know, our ability to, choose is just something from like a menu you know the government talk about choice left and right and it's it's totally meaningless real choice though is the ability to create worlds and destroy worlds and both have to be done in equal measure in hermitism there's no pussyfooting around with um, destruction it's seen as a very potent vibrant force that clears things that purifies just as the laboratory alchemist would bring um, a flame to something to purify it. So the student with the internal alchemy will destroy what is not true so that the impulse for positive, positive, create, create, which, you know, um, hounds many new age people is very, very bad. So you have to have this impulse for destruction, which is why I always use certain words like strength and warrior and fierce because it compels that aspect of us, that spectrum within us to say this is important, you know, that's just as important as anything else. To concern ourselves overly with just the soft and gentle, just the tender whispers. I can understand that if someone's had a difficult time, but it's it's not enough. It's just not enough that you have to be able to swing into that what I call the red end of the spectrum, because everyone's always blue, aren't they? But the red end of the spectrum, where you know the, the blood's running down your chin and you're charging through the forest, that's very human, very spiritual, very much a part of us. And where does that get expression today? Nowhere. It does if someone works with me. <laughs> but it's very, it's very different. It's very different when I go to places and don't see any part of that red end of the spectrum. So I... Just try and say, well, let's imagine what is a full spectrum human being? What does that look like? How do they express the blue and the green and the red in life? You know, the intellectual, the emotional, the primal. How are they? How do we find equilibrium in those things? How can we do that? And once those are in place, these inner technologies, this incredible ability to think, this incredible ability to feel, which most people have no idea how to feel, no idea what that means. It's so, you know, extracted from modern life that we have to have teachers, people who teach me, people I teach, we teach each other. We're always teachers and students. Everybody knows that with a brain. We can all share that wisdom amongst ourselves, but the primal has almost no place in society. And Hollywood tried to get us to watch it on a screen, the primal, but it has to be physical in your own life. It has to come from your own... Fingers and teeth and hands and bones.
2: Wow! Lloyd's <laughs> <laughs> looking at me. I'm like, oh, I got to think of something to say. My mind, my mind is going so fast. I don't think my my mouth can talk fast <laughs> enough. But um, did did you want to touch? Um, lastly, Neil, there just on the symbols that that was um,
4: sure. Oh, we're wondering you what about, you had yeah, meant by I that. Missed, missed that, yeah. hour, didn't I? Yeah, the symbols very simply in the commonly understood sense of what shapes what structures appeal to the individual so for some people that i work with the cross has a very powerful symbol usually a sort of gnostic cross where it's it's the same uh vertical and horizontal dimensions that it's a powerful symbol it means something it has potency the triangle in my work is very potency there's lots of trinities that overlay which I'll be teaching this, and we'll mention that later in next month at a seminar, the foundational trinity of powers, the discipline trinity of powers, and the higher powers, they all have relationships. So you often see these symbols uh, encoded into many esoteric Western traditions, like the the shape of the human from the pentagon to the square to the triangle to the circle. So we talk about circular beings, circular geometry being the optimal shape for the human so everyone has their own particular symbols some people have animals eagles and wolves and bears my native american uh totem animal is a bear which is absolutely perfect for me <laughs> so i won't <laughs> go into all the ups and downs of that but that's become a symbol you know it's a little symbols like little bears in the house there's a bear a little toy plastic bear in the car just to make me smile all kinds of stuff and those symbols what they do is they serve as reminders. Not to forget the great problem right. of humankind, amnesia. The symbols help us remember.
2: Wonderful. That was very, um, very, very clear. Thank <laughs> you, Neil. I guess I'm looking at this here. We should probably do our last break now, and then we'll come back with our next question.
3: Absolutely.
2: Uh, just before the break here, Neil, could I just wanted to touch on what you do have coming up there is an event Mm. um a seminar and we could talk about that now is that uh, happening september 23rd to
4: 25th sure yes thank you for mentioning that it is it's um it's september the 23rd to the 25th um and i think when this airs there's just plenty of time still for people to get tickets if they want it's called journeys beyond the threshold it's a weekend seminar with me it's over at the omega institute where i uh teach over there and they do a lovely job of uh, facilitating my seminar that's up in upstate new york so it's all green and pleasant it's not all the giant concrete Mm. and glass it's beautiful hills and valleys there's lakes fantastic place it's a a great opportunity for someone to basically spend a weekend immersing themselves in something metaphysical and esoteric and real so as Mm -hmm. well as me as well as well as me entertaining them and educating them two or three days which I'll do a great job of because I love it and when you love something you tend to do it rather well but even better than that is the people who go so if you ever wonder that you don't quite have the level of fellowship or connection that you would like then if you come to something like this I guarantee that you will meet lots and lots of outstanding men and women all ages all backgrounds it's like people from all over the universe it's amazing so it's a wonderful time to hang out. There is great inquiry. There's great fellowship. Uh, there's great knowledge to share all around. But there's also just the natural human community is outstanding. That's the my favourite part of the whole thing. Is not me lecturing at the front. It's actually connecting with people and walking around the lake and walking through the the fields and you know cafes and all on this wonderful big two hundred acre campus. So we can sustain our spiritual signal for a good long while whereas, you know, if you're downtown in a convention center, you walk on the street and pfft, it's gone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to sustain it for a few days. So if anyone is interested in that, neilkramer.com go and check it out. Uh, go to the Omega Institute website, type in my name, but yeah, Journeys Beyond the Threshold September the 23rd to 25th upstate New York uh, it's a great weekend L- love to see you guys there, love to see the audience yeah, b- it'll be a lot of fun
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Okay. Well, on that note, we will go to a break and we will see everyone on the other side in two minutes.
5: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24 7.
1: Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience to create a powerful and effective modality of healing. Each session is unique, tailored to your individual needs, and can be done in person or from any distance. Are you searching for your purpose, soul path, soulmate, or healing for mind, body, and spirit? Are you seeking relief from anxiety, depression, chronic illness, fatigue, or codependency? Book a healing session or receive a free email consultation today. Visit the services page at SundraHealing.com, Rebecca and Boyd have combined their years of experience and their twin flame connection to create powerful, transformational journeys through their classes, workshops, special events, and retreats. Join Rebecca and Boyd on your journey to deepen your connection with spirit and access divine intelligence. This allows healing, creates miracles, and manifests a life of joy and abundance in alignment with your highest good. Visit the classes page of SunderHealing.com and register today.
5: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: You are listening to Awakened Hearts. To call in and connect to Rebecca and Boyd Campbell on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to hello at sundrahealing.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are
2: talking with Neil Kramer today, and we've been talking all about truth
3: Yes, and I got another question for you here. Um, you were talking about something called um, the empire, um, something you call this in your work. Can you tell us what uh, what the empire is?
4: Sure, empire is very important to understand because if we if people don't know what this is, uh, a lot of things don't make sense because we have all this amazing spiritual uh, development available to us individually and together and yet there's this prevailing weird force in the world that ought not to be ignored. Different people call it different things. Uh, There's all sorts of funny words for this, this force, but I call it empire. Um, Empire is an an ethos of containment, basically, and it is also a set of doctrines. It's also a group of people, Uh, people that attempt to restrict and contain humankind to a lower state of being and if you don't want to be too massively conspiratorial about it it's simply because they're easier to control <laughs> when they contain to a lower state of being they just do what they're told and people don't think too much about stuff so if you just mm. want to keep it simple, it's just to make rulers jobs easier right mm-hmm. but from a, a spiritual keep sheep perspective keep the sheep in line that's right from a spiritual perspective um it's a bit different and we can and should look a bit deeper than that. So I'd say that the the job of empire is to diminish humans, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it, it sort of profoundly um, conditions people to esteem the collective over the individual. That's its primary purpose. It says the collective is number one and the individual is virtually meaningless. That's why they're so hot on anti-discrimination, because the individual is all about excellent discrimination and so to make discrimination a nasty thing is very clever and people are almost thinking "Oh, i'm not i don't want to judge i don't want to discriminate the whole business of the individual is to make judgments and to discriminate so they use all these clever methods that then we sort of start to you know hit ourselves with them you know like in the old days monks would birch themselves you know and they'd wear like a little silice on the thigh to cut into them to mortify the flesh and remind themselves of how pathetic they are and, you know, all this rubbish. And it's like a sort of media version of that. It's like positive discrimination and negative discrimination and political correctness and all this. It's, it's a construct that surrounds us in modern life. It's a ridiculous thing where everyone is forced into commerce as a way of life. You are, we are, everyone is, compelled to transact with the system with all this silly money and permits and licenses and taxes and statutes and codes and nonsense. And most of that is not designed to help men and women grow and be happy and creative, but instead it's to squeeze them, to (laughs) squeeze people, to create this underlying constant low hum of anxiety and lack and it works and you know seven billion people lost in the construct of empire disconnected totally from their own natural beauty and their total excellence and divine origin disregarded in in the as I say the masochistic misery of empire and I I could go on to say how it's all built in that but I know we've got a brief segment here perhaps we can do that another time but it's here the empire is a real thing it's in the movies and media government, CNN, BBC, New York Times, The Telegraph, Disney, Hollywood. It's in elementary school, it's in high school, it's in college. God-awful careers in finance and futures and stocks and brainwashing and liberalism and Marxism and fake racism, fake sexuality, fake war, all sorts of hideousness like that. But here's the punchline. The real purpose of empire in advanced spiritual practice is that We created it for ourselves. Its purpose, like Frankenstein's monster, is to kick our spiritual butts into action. So we drifted a long time (laughs) ago, and we were lazy, and we forgot. And so we had this wonderful idea to make this very real feeling monster, this theater, to propel ourselves into self-determination to take control, first of self, then of our communities, and then of everything, which we, we don't do at the present time. So Empire drives us into our own original supreme authority. Like, we are the creators here through that system we talked about, self, soul, solar. We make this, so we forgot. So we made a terrible, even though ultimately illusual, adversary to awaken us. We made a terrible adversary to awaken us. And it works really quite well, if you think about it, to the point now where i would say though the empire is preparing to leave this world prior wow. to the next earth change which is totally natural and perfect and then we are left and will be left as we have done before to govern ourselves once again so it's a very exciting piece of theatre even this you know seeming unpleasantness of empire why is everything so corrupt because we needed it to force self-determination now we've nearly got sufficient numbers. You only need a few thousand. We've nearly got them all, all of them. And then the earth change comes. Perfect, cyclical, natural, cleansing. Perfect, perfect, perfect all the time. Just like a forest fire, part of the lifetime of the great forest is to burn down from time to time. So it is with the world. And when that comes, you get this gear shift, total gear shift. So it's never catastrophic. It's always Purification in the very best and most excellent sense. When that comes, Empire's out of here. So we're back on our own again. So we need to get our you know what together.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah,
4: for sure.
2: <laughs> so we have two minutes left, Neil, and I need about one minute to close out the show. So is there anything that you have left that you would want to share with our listeners before we depart today?
4: Yeah, come and see me in September and have the best weekend of your life.
2: Perfect. <laughs> oh, Boyd and I would love to be there.
3: Absolutely.
2: We'll have to see if not this one will we'll look for when your next one's
4: Sure, be. sure. But if if anyone in the audience, seriously, if anyone in the audience uh would yeah. like to have a weekend yeah, well, and really treat themselves to something special, it is uh, it is really good. I did it last year with Omega and I've been overdone it in Costa Rica and different places. We we have a great time. We really, really do. So, anyone who wants to invest in themselves in the most excellent way, please come along, and uh, we'd we'd love to have you with us. Mm.
3: Right, wonderful. And um, in this seminar, are they going to be learning what we've talked about through um uh, through today?
4: Yes, all those things. Uh, oh man, uh, li- living philosophy, esotericism, uh, all the things we talked about: individualism, embodiment primary disciplines, primary powers, higher powers, earth changes, the whole, the whole enchilada.
2: Sounds amazing. I would highly recommend for anybody who can to go there. Um, so we want to thank you for being here today, Neil, uh, so much, and we would love to have you on the show again. There's so much more we could talk about.
4: Yeah, it's been my total pleasure. Thank you for such an enjoyable uh, hour. It's, it's, it really has been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, for our listeners out there, uh, you can join us next week, same time, same place. We will have Dr. Stan Tatkin with us, and he's going to be talking about relationships, uh, how to form secure functioning relationships, and kind of the neuroscience of understanding each other's brain and where that can take us in our intimate connections with people. So, don't miss that. And we will see you next week from our hearts to yours. Namaste. Namaste.
1: Thank you for tuning in this week to Awakened Hearts. Please join your hosts, Rebecca and Boyd Campbell, again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until our next show, have an enlightened week.